I'm Bob. He's my co-host, Steve. And we are joined today by David Mendelson. Dave, why don't you let us know where we can find your stuff and where we can find you? Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. You can find me on Twitter at dmendio2. Uh, most of my stuff, uh, except for some baseball articles, are all over at Triple Play Fantasy. Uh, that's where I live, breathe, sleep, eat. Uh, it's pretty much all me, uh, everywhere. We're starting today with the Cleveland Browns. So let's take a look first at Baker Mayfield. He had a volume down year in 2020 for Baker with only 486 passes, 305 completions, 3,563 yards. He had 26 touchdowns while lowering his interceptions from 21 in 2019 to just eight in 2020. He was still quarterback 17 on this season. Let's just briefly touch on Baker Mayfield. What do you think when you hear Baker Mayfield's name? I mean, the, the kid stepped up this year. You know, we, we started to see more of, especially in the second half of the year, we we started to really see Baker and what he could do. You know, we we had said multiple times but in the preseason last year that this was the year that Baker had to show us if he was going to be the long-term answer. And I think we all came to a consensus at the end of the season that he pretty much showed that he, that he is kind of the answer going forward for now. I think he spent more time in the film room than he did uh, on the commercial set during the last NFL season, <laughs> and I think it showed in what I saw on the field. So, Dave, I'm going to throw my projections out, and I want you to have first dibs at just kind of digesting it for us and letting me know what you think. I have Baker Mayfield. You have one more game, and I think this offense is going to be just better than last season. I have him at 500 pass attempts, 332 completions, 3,984 yards, just short of that 4,000 mark, 32 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, 293 total fantasy points or 17.2 points per game, which lands him in quarterback one range. That's around eight to 25. We have that congestion. You know, I call that the quarterback congestion between eight and 25, where it's a half a point difference per game. What do you think about that? Is that too bold for you? Do you like that take? So I don't have a problem with the touchdowns. Uh, I have a little bit of a problem with the interceptions. I think Baker Mayfield has shown that he throws a lot of those in his short career so far. Uh, I believe he had 20 last year over 20 last year and uh yeah he did uh it's or i'm sorry two years ago at 21 interceptions in 2019 did lower that but at the same time again this is a run first team if you look actually at the plays run uh they were the fourth highest run uh play plays running the ball last year and then they were also obviously correlating to the fourth fewest passes uh keep also in mind he didn't throw the ball more than 33 times in 12 of the 16 games last year. So he's not like he's getting a lot of attempts. Most of these games, you have Kareem hunt and you have Nick Chubb in the backfield. This is a team that's shown they like to run and then play defense and then have Baker basically uh, get some plays off of play action. But um, I, I have him as a QB too. Um, and I, I'm not saying it's, it's crazy to have him as a low-end QB1 just for me personally. I don't think the volume is going to be there that we want uh, for Baker Mayfield to be a QB1. And um, currently, a lot of people are are with you because according to Pro Football Calculator, um, Baker Mayfield is currently QB17, and his average draft draft position is in the 11th round, 7th pick. Um, he's been a, drafted as high as a 6th round, but I'm, I'm going to have to assume that that's two QB leagues, and he's been drafted as low as the 13th round. Absolutely. I do agree completely. Um, the 332 completions actually isn't that bold. It's actually a pretty low number for what we're statting him out. It's only like 30 more than last season. So it's just a slight, slight uptick. 
And when it comes to buy or sell, I'm absolutely a sell on Baker Mayfield. I know that might be a surprise from my optimistic viewpoint of what his <laughs> stats could be. But when we talk about, you know, that eight to 25 range for quarterbacks, where it's just any given guy, any given week, Baker Mayfield has probably the highest floor but the lowest upside. And I'm waiting late for a quarterback. I just can't take him there because he's not going to have those 30-point weeks like some of these other guys are. Yeah, and and I, I'm a sell on him too at, at his ADP in the 11th round. But if he was at the lower end of his ADP, maybe the 13th or 14th round, and I didn't take my quarterback yet, um, and some of my other targets aren't there, I would definitely give him a, um, some consideration there. And so keep in mind, Odell's coming back too. And he did look like a completely different quarterback without Odell. So as long as Odell's there, we haven't seen him be super efficient and super productive with Odell in the lineup because he's been forcing him the ball. I know they're saying that's not the case, but let's let's be honest. We see it on film. So uh, People pretend that we like we don't have squeaky eyes. Squeaky wheel syndrome. Yeah. Squeaky wheel syndrome. Yeah, we got exactly. that. So we do have to move on. And when we talk about how this team runs the ball a lot, well, you'd run the ball a lot too when you got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in the backfield. So let's talk about those guys. Nick Chubb played only 12 games in 2020, 190 rushes for 1,067 yards and 12 touchdowns. Caught 16 balls for 150 yards. (laughs) He averaged 16.6 half PPR points, which was sixth among qualifying running backs. Now, I see no reason for a gameplay shift in Cleveland. I think we all know what they're going to do. They've been broadcasting it all offseason. Chubb heavily used in 2021. I project 275 carries, 1,457 yards, and 14 rushing touchdowns, 260 fantasy points, or 15.3 fantasy points per game. That's actually a slight dip from his points per game in 2020. I have him in that 8 to 10 range from last season. Um... Maybe that's a little too low. I see some head shaking. So who wants to take this away on Nick Chubb? I mean, I'll just drop the ADP first. So Chubb is seventh overall in running backs, and he's being overall taken in the first round with the eighth pick. And I've, I mean, we, we, we've talked about this. Like the Browns have had the perfect running back by committee situation where both running backs have defined roles and still getting fantasy production. You know, we don't see that in a lot of other places. You know, when, when, when you and I had the debate last year between Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette, you know, it, it, you know, whenever, whenever both backs were playing, their fantasy production went down, but whenever one was playing over the other, then one, then one was clearly better. Um, but you know, Chubb, Chubb right now is behind Jonathan Taylor and Saquon Barkley. And let's say that I was sitting at the fifth pick in a draft and those three backs were there. I would seriously probably take Chubb over those two. I, I projected it that I would not. So I guess I have to be honest to myself and say that I wouldn't, although I may need to take her with these stats a little later because I don't think I'm taking Chubb after Barkley. I don't think I'm taking Chubb after uh, Jonathan Taylor. I I just don't think that's going to happen. So we'll have to see how this goes. Mendy, are you one of those guys who sees Chubb as having that top three upside? Can he get there with Kareem Hunt? Not with him. I have him as a top three back. If if Kareem Hunt goes down in week one, Nick Chubb's a top three back the rest of the way. But as long as Kareem Hunt's there, I mean, just from the receiving work alone, if you look at the kind of from 2020, Kareem Hunt was 27th among running backs in terms of of targets, 3.2 per game. Nick Chubb was 73rd, 1.5 per game. Um, I think on Fantasy Pros, he's been going um, as high as the sixth pick and as low as the 13th pick. He's settling in around the the sixth running back off the board. 
Um, I have him about seven or eight. I'm doing my rankings this weekend. I'm starting them this weekend. And just kind of at first glance, I don't think I can put him above seven or eight. Uh, again, just speak for the fact that PPR is the standard now. And as far as PPR goes, uh, that hinders him a little bit. So uh, not enough receiving work for me to put him in the top three. But the, but the same arguments made with Derrick Henry that, you know, Derrick Henry doesn't get a lot of receiving work. Uh, but, you know, the, the fact of the matter is, is when you have bull, when you have running backs like Chubb and Derrick Henry who have that breakaway speed, whether it's by touches or receptions, they're, they're, they're still producing and they're not high value PPR backs, you know, and Derrick Henry right now is the third running back off the board. And, and you know, Nick, Nick Chubb, he's, he, this guy's younger than Derrick Henry. I think he's a little bit faster than Derrick Henry. He, he's just not built like Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's the rushing champion. That's why Derrick Henry gets all the love, but Nick Chubb, I would is argue he has a better offensive line than Derrick Henry. That's for mm-hmm. absolute sure. And and the, and the thing is, um, the, the thing is, is Nick Chubb is just he's been a consistent running back. You know, I have I have him in almost any league I can get him in because he because I know that when Nick Chubb plays, he gives me consistency. Yeah, I also think though the fact is Kareem Hunt. If like it's Derrick Henry doesn't have to compete with anybody. Um, Nick Chubb obviously does get goal line carries but so does kareem hunt that especially if kareem hunt is hot on that drive he's getting it the whole way um so that's the part that scares me derrick henry if they get the ball at the one you know derrick henry is in line to get the ball if you're the line of the one it's whoever's on the field at that point you don't know that's going to be uh nick chubb uh so that's again that's not saying that um that that isn't a benefit because he's going to be the guy more often than not but kareem hunt does get those yeah, it seems like uh, I, I think I kind of saw last year where it was like uh, when they were both on the field, one guy, you know, it, it seemed like it alternated drives. One guy was between the 20s on oh, yeah. one drive. The other guy was in the goal line the next drive. It, it seemed like they were kind of alternating that role. But let's talk about Kareem Hunt because there's just something about him. I always am going to rank him higher. I'm going to have him higher than anyone else. Um, that is just a thing. And I think I might have given him a couple too many rushing attempts if they're both healthy next season. But look, let's look what I got. I have um, 200 rushing attempts, 880 yards, three touchdowns, 65 targets for 50 receptions, 415 yards, and eight receiving touchdowns. 221 fantasy points or 13 points per game would put him around that Miles Sanders, Antonio Gibson 2020 number. Is that too hot for you guys? I would I would drop the rushing yards and maybe increase the receiving yards. That that's just my opinion. I would I would project him closer to maybe 700 rushing yards and I'd project him closer to maybe 600 receiving yards. Yeah, I'm I agree. I I would lower the rushing, increase the receiving and I'm actually just looking right now rushing attempts inside the 10 from last year. Nick Chubb 21, Kareem Hunt 17, inside the 5, Nick Chubb 11, Kareem Hunt 9. That's, so it's it, very almost yeah. 50-50-ish between them getting the carries inside the 10 and the 5. Mm-hmm. It was like alternate drives last week, last year, and it doesn't really make any sense because they're not a similar player. Um, but <laughs> that that is what we got. That's true. Steve, tell us where we can find him in drafts. Yeah, um, Kareem Hunt is currently the 22 overall running back and has an ADP of the fourth round with the sixth pick, and the lowest is one round later, 506. So, like, what do you guys think? Buy or sell on this? I think I'm selling, but not by much. I, I mean, if I rank him, I'm sure he'll probably be in, like, the mid-20s. But I think 22 is a little high. I think when I was looking at the the fantasy pros, at least their their PPR rankings, pulling it up, I think 
I like there was a few guys below him, like two, I think at the top of my head, I think I, I have ETN. I think by the end of the year, we'll finish above him just because I think he's going to be the guy in Jacksonville. Um, and I think he won't have to worry about the fit. I think James Robinson will, will have his role kind of minimized as the year goes on. I wouldn't be surprised if Melvin Gordon, um, if he ends up holding on to that job and then, uh, uh, can't think of his name top of my head. Javante Williams comes in, um, and doesn't his rookie year doesn't do what everybody thinks he is. He could still be there. Mike Davis is a huge one that's going after him right now on fantasy pros that I think, again, Atlanta didn't do anything to bring in somebody to compete with him. Um, but right around there, I think is, is okay. Maybe just one or two picks too high for me. I agree. I actually like where he's going. And for the exact same reasons that you don't like where he's going. And it's because, um, if something happens to Chubb, he's missed games in the past. All of a sudden, Cream Hunts becomes more. Mm-hmm. So if you're buying those other guys at, for floor, then yes, Kareem Hunt is the lowest of that group for me, but he's also has the chance to do, and I don't like to predict injuries, but he can become more than the receiving back on this team in a way that none of those other guys can, including Nick Chubb. If, if Kareem Hunt goes down, Nick Chubb is Nick Chubb. If Nick Chubb goes down, Kareem Hunt is Kareem Hunt on the Chiefs two seasons ago. So we do have to move on, but I do like the upside we're getting with this pick. We got to talk about wide receivers. Two of note, you have Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. Very different points of their career, different different things going on for each of these guys. Jarvis Landry had a career low yardage, 840 yard and only 23 touchdowns in 2020. Um, these guys are really hard to stat out. We talked about already Odell Beckham having the ball forced to him. I don't know what the target share is going to look like, but it's my job to make the prediction. And what I have is Jarvis Landry, 97 targets, 69 receptions, 826 yards, falling short of a thousand for a second year in a row. I have him at four touchdowns, 141 fantasy points, or eight fantasy points per game, which puts him around wide receiver 40 in the range with Jerry Judy and Marquez Valdez-Scantling in 2020. Is that too high, too low, or is that the right spot for Jarvis Landry? Um, Landry right now is the 38th overall wide receiver, and his ADP is 806. What, um, where, where, About where do you have him in your wide receiver range right now? Wide receiver 40. Um, that's about right. I, I, you know, because I, I mean, Landry had a weird year, but I still believe in the talent. He definitely has the best chemistry with Baker. Um, so I do expect some level of consistency. I think the yardage is maybe a little low. I I mean, because you have him statted, you know, it's going to be 17 games and you have him in, and you have him statted with lower yardage. And I just think that there's too much talent there. I think the yardage is going to go up. I have him right now with 12 yards per reception, which for a player like him is right around where it should be, maybe a, a slightly on the low end. Uh, Mendy, who do you who do you see going on here? Yeah, these. I mean, the pass catchers are hard to judge for this team. Um, I, I'm a little concerned for Landry because Odell obviously is back, number one, uh, which is going to take away targets from him being the number one. Two, uh, if you look at tight end targets last year, uh, Cleveland was fourth in the league at 33% of uh, passing targets going to the tight end. So they're mm-hmm. wanting, they want to involve Hooper. They want to involve uh, all the tight ends that they have. So that part is just a little bit scary to me. Um, I, I think it's just going to be Landry goes off for nine catches for 117 yards and a touchdown. And then the next three games, uh, he does that all in the, uh, all combined over the next three games. So like, uh, I think that's about right where you have him. He's going to be someone that's like a borderline flex play. Uh, nothing you're super excited about. Absolutely. Jarvis Landry is 
yards per reception career is 11.1. That's just the kind of the possession type wide receiver that he is. And all his best years, he's had over 150 targets. That went down in 2019 to 138, went down in 2020 to 101. If we take out some of the games he missed, that's still trending in the wrong direction as he ages. So I think Jarvis Landry is going to be a sell for me at where we get him. He just won't have the volume. Now let's talk about Odell Beckham Jr. because Odell Beckham Jr. is one of the polarizing players in the NFL. He's a very polarizing player in fantasy football. We know he has that wide receiver one upside buried deep down in there somewhere, but uh, it's very hard. He's missed a lot of time over the last few seasons. I've said Odell Beckham Jr. is one of those guys who might have had his best season in the NFL already, though those days are probably behind him. I average him for next year. 115 targets, 67 receptions, 947 yards, 7 touchdowns, 107 fantasy points or 10 points per week next season. Similar players in 2020 would be Cooper Cup, Devontae Parker as a deep wide receiver three. Steve, where's he going now in drafts? Um, Odell Beckham is ahead of Jarvis Landry. Um, He is the 27th overall receiver, and he is going 606 in his ADP. I mean... I'd rather, to be honest, I'd rather have Jarvis Landry two rounds later than take Odell. That's just me. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm gonna try to avoid both if I can in drafts. I'm probably not touching either. Uh, but it, it's just crazy to think this is the guy with the Giants that literally set the world on fire, and now it's like he's a, a sixth round pick, and you're like, uh, and you're not excited about it anymore. It's a, uh, I, I don't, I think that sounds about right to me. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's lower, honestly, because he gets hurt all the time now. So, um, but uh, people can't be excited drafting him, honestly. No, it, those days have been long gone. It seems like those one-handed over-the-back catches kind of do for wide receivers what you know pictures of large quads in practice do to running backs. <laughs> like it just the public perception goes too high, and people are drafting AJ Dillon where they shouldn't. Um, <laughs> okay, we do have to move on. Let's talk about the last. Uh, fantasy asset here. That's going to be Austin Hooper. Now, there were actually some uh, footage released of David Njoku today, which is really looking good. So I might have to add him up on my list here if something were to happen. But as I see it now, again, we talk about Cleveland. We talk about uh, a lot of target share um, without a lot of targets. I have him um, last season, 46 grabs for 435, four touchdowns. Next season, I projected actually a lot more, 83 targets, 56 receptions, 612 yards, and five touchdowns. That 119 fantasy points or seven points per game is on the cusp of being startable, very, very back of tight end one, very front of tight end two, similar uh, to where Dalton Schultz and Tyler Higby landed at the end of last season. Steve, where's he going now? Um, Tight end 22 in the 14th round, fourth pick. I mean... So I guess I got to take him there. I mean, yeah. I, I, I put him at the, the bottom end there. I can't see him being a guy who I target because I always look for that tight end value. You know, I call myself the tight end whisperer, whether that's you know just my <laughs> ego getting in the way or not. Um, he's he's not he's not Bob Bob approved. I mean, 14th round is good value. And and, you know, we've talked about we've talked about my draft philosophy before. I love sometimes taking a second tight end if I think the if I think the upside's there. And Hooper is definitely one of those people that I would consider for my second tight end spot. Yeah, he was 17th among tight ends and targets per game last year. Uh, I mean, tight end 22. That's pretty much free. So, Mm -hmm. um, 
I mean, I, I'll take it for the upside, especially, I mean, I know they have, uh, they have Bryant there, they have Njoku there, uh, but he's still the tight end one there. He's still on a big contract, so they have reason to play him. So I, I think he's definitely going, I and mean, Baker loves throwing his tight ends. So I think tight end 22 is a value, and uh, I wouldn't mind taking him as my second tight end at the end of my draft. Mm-hmm. I agree. And one thing that I want to note when I statted him out, one of the reasons for the bump in receptions and yardage last year, he caught only 65.7% of his balls. Career average is 74.9. So he, he had a, um, although the target share was different last season and that did go down, he also had an uncharacteristic dip in production on those targets. So if he can correct just a little bit of that, I can, I think that Austin Hooper can be valuable in fantasy football for free. I, I put him there. I, I have to take him, especially if you're in a tight end premium league or somewhere where you maybe take a riskier tight end and Evan Ingram type, someone like that, that you're going to have to back up. Take Austin <laughs> Hooper later on in drafts. 